Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for being with me here on Tuesday, June the 30th, the last day of the month. On today's show, well, I caught up with a local pharmacist earlier to discuss what his experience has been like as we go through the pandemic and also what types of questions people have been asking when they do come into a pharmacy. Of course, there is some overlap in COVID-19 symptoms when compared to things like seasonal allergies. And there have been a number of people who have come into his store with concerns that perhaps they have come down with the virus when in reality, they may just be getting their usual spring summer sniffles. And to end off the show, while BC Health Minister Adrian Dix is currently in the middle of a press conference with Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry, where they're outlining some new rules, allowing people to visit their loved ones in long-term care homes for the first time in many months. Yeah, it says that uh, there's going to be some rules in place, but there will be allowed one visitor per resident in a designated area. Some of the long-term care visit rules will include the facility cannot be in an outbreak. There must be designated screening staff. There will be indoor and outdoor spaces for meetings. Visitors must wear masks and visits must be booked in advance. We'll uh, play some more clips here from that news conference as it is underway now. And we'll uh, revisit that a little bit later on in the program. But to begin today's show, well, tomorrow marks Canada Day. And it will not be the normal celebrations that we are used to being able to have. Normally, some twenty to 30,000 people would make their way down to Pioneer Park for Canada Day festivities. But with COVID-19 preventing large gatherings from taking place, the city is taking a different approach to helping Kamloopsians celebrate Canada's birthday. What does the city have in store? Well, to talk a little bit more about it, I'm joined by the city's community events coordinator, Dowie Evans. I'm doing well, thanks, Jeff. Hey, thanks for taking the time in. I'm also joined by the executive director of the Kamloops Art Council, Terry Hadwin. Terry, how are you doing today? Great. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be a fun day, hopefully. We all, of course, uh, have the stat holiday, so hopefully most people get the day off work to be able to enjoy it. Uh, I guess I'll just start by asking you, Terry. I mean, uh, are you at all disappointed, I guess, given the fact that this is a, an annual celebration that I've been told is kind of one of the marquee events on the Kamloops calendar, and it's just not going to have that same feel as we would normally have? You know, um, yeah, Canada Day and Art in the Park have been intertwined for a very long time, uh, since the dawn of time, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so to not be able to take part of it at the park was a bit of a downer, but um, I was sad that so many of our events were postponed throughout the summer this year. So we invited as many people as we possibly could to take part, and I hope that they enjoyed being a part of it. And, and Darren, when you know you as the uh, events coordinator here in Kamloops, I mean, at what point did you really start to put your ear to the ground to say, uh, you know, Canada Day is not going to be what we would normally be able to have here in Kamloops and be able to start trying to make some alternate arrangements? At what point, you know, when we went through this pandemic, did you start realizing that that was going to be the case? Yeah, um, around May time, we started to look at the possibility of doing a virtual event. Um, and thankfully, we got some grant funding from the federal government, which allowed it to happen. So Terry and I have been working closely together, and Terry has had a few brilliant ideas to make this happen. And as she mentioned, it's going to be different to what the normal lineup would be, but equally as exciting because of the varieties we've got is definitely some of the best that Kamloops have to offer. 
And I'll just follow that up by asking sort of uh, for a quick rundown of what people can can expect tomorrow, right? They want to experience what Kamloops has to offer, right? They want to be a part of the celebrations here locally. What uh, what exactly is in store for people who are going to jump online and celebrate here virtually? Yeah, so we've got quite an extensive lineup. We've got Kamloops Pride taking part, big little science center doing some science projects, Rivertown players doing an entertaining piece, Kamloops Symphony, Kamloops um, Arts Council, obviously, are directing a number, number of their groups to do be part of it. Um, we got last year's winners of the Kamloops Buskers Festival doing a piece from Australia. So it's going to be quite a sort of arrangement of different activities, entertainment, performances for people to enjoy. And, and Terry, just from the Art Council's um, point of view, I guess, what specifically are you guys going to be doing here tomorrow? Yeah, well, I mean, we were excited to be able to support the arts very heavily with this. I mean, inviting the symphony and, and Western Canada Theatre, Project X, so many of our different arts groups that weren't able to put on their regular performances. So that was a big uh, win for us. And we also have the Rivertown Players debuting tomorrow. So I think that everybody's going to be really excited to tune in to watch them perform. Awesome stuff. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. So what does the actual like schedule look like in terms of when can people really start to log on um, to, what is it, camloops.ca slash Canada Day? Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Perfect. So, okay, yeah. So what time on. do things really start to get underway? Yeah, so the stream will start at 11 a.m., um, but people can go on the website in advance to see the schedule, to see the various performers and artists we've got on being part of the day. Um, but 11 a.m. will be the official start time of the performances. Perfect. And then I guess, uh, you know, as, as people listen to this, I'm sure there are specific things that they might want to, to log on to. I mean, you know, whether it be for the, the symphony to hear that or, or, you know, maybe there's specific events they want to uh, check out. I mean, uh, from your point of view, uh, I'll start with you, Dowie. I mean, what, what to you, I guess, is really the highlight of the day? If there was one thing where you would say to Kamloopsians, you don't want to miss this, what would that be for you? Um, I'll be honest, I started with excitement about the interactive kids portion um, where I'm hoping that the kids can try some experiments or some face painting. But as we develop the lineup, we've got so much, so many good acts. I'm looking forward to them all. <laughs> right on. Terry, can you uh, echo that statement or is there anything specifically you're really looking forward to? No, that's a big old ditto. I'm really excited about all of it. I think that it's all going to be really engaging and wonderful. Right on. Well, it should be a fun day, and hopefully we get lots of people logged on to uh, take part in, in activities here tomorrow. Um, I guess that's pretty much all I have in store for you guys right now. I guess, is there anything else that you want uh, people to know before uh, we do, in fact, you know, get ready for July 1st here tomorrow? I'll start with you, Dowie. Is there anything specifically that I've left off the table here so far that you think uh, the people should know about? Um, yeah, so as we've mentioned, we've got a wide variety. We've got interactive pieces for people to engage with and get involved with, or we've got some performances that they can just sit back and relax and watch. So hopefully we've got everything for people to enjoy, so just tune on in at 11 and sit back and relax. Awesome stuff. And, and Terry, I'll, I'll ask the same to you, I guess. Is there anything else that you want people to know about before I let you go? Yeah, just check out that list of things to pick up in advance so that you're not disappointed that you can't take part with the rest of Cam uh, Kamloops.
Awesome stuff. Well, yeah, they can check out that list again online, camloops.ca slash Canada Day. And, and hopefully we get lots of people out to enjoy things because, uh, you know, it's not going to be our standard Canada Day celebrations, unfortunately, but it doesn't mean we can't enjoy them together. So thanks so much for the time, guys. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. That was the Community Event Coordinator for the City of Kamloops, Dowie Evans, and the Executive Director of the Kamloops Art Council, Terry Hadwin. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time. And, and again, yeah, Canada Day, or sorry, Kamloops.ca slash Canada Day. You can check that out to find out what is exactly happening tomorrow. Lots of cool stuff that will be on the list. Um, there's going to be some drumming that will be taking place from the Kamloops Multicultural Society. We'll get a message from the mayor tomorrow. Um, some Highland games performed by pipe band and dancers will be happening. Ukrainian dancers will be there. Um, a video from Hot Night in the City will be available for people. Spanish singing. There's no shortage of stuff. Puppet shows, face painting. Um, so there's lots that's going to be happening. Uh, so it's going to be a fun day tomorrow, and hopefully people will get a chance to celebrate here locally. Unfortunately, it won't be that standard celebration that we're used to, you know. 20,000, 30,000 people making their way downtown towards the Pioneer Park to be able to partake in some festivities. Not going to be able to do that as we normally would, which is unfortunate, but this is not a normal summer here. So we'll uh, have to just postpone those typical celebrations for this year and hopefully just hopefully I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and I'm going to be pretty positive that we'll be able to do it again in 2021. Alright well it's time for me to take a quick break here but when I come back I'm going to be chatting with a local pharmacist here to get his experience. What has happened here over the last three months? How have people's attitudes changed when going into pharmacies? And also one of the things of course that has been um, you know expressed out there is that a lot of people are just having their seasonal allergies right now. And many times, or in at least some cases, you could confuse those symptoms with COVID-19. How can we tell the difference? Well, we're going to get into that after this. So stick around, and more Jeff Andrea's show will be up in just a bit. The voice of your community. Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas. Welcome back to the Jeff Andrea Show. Thanks for being with me here on what is the last day of June. As we move through spring, and we're now, of course, into summer, allergies are something that many have to deal with. Well, how does one tell the difference between allergies and COVID-19? Well, I'm joined now by the co-owner of Farmers Save Orchards Walk in Valley View, and he's also a pharmacist there as well, Kim Winters. Kim, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Now, what is making this allergy season out of the ordinary, of course, is, is these symptoms, I guess, that many people can feel when it comes to allergies can overlap a little bit with COVID-19. Have you been dealing with people who've kind of come in with, with potential COVID-19 symptoms, but really it's just allergies? Have you had people coming in and asking a lot of these types of questions so far? We, we have. We've had people approach us, um, as, as you mentioned, allergy season is upon us and it's weather dependent it starts very early in british columbia as early as january february when the trees start releasing their pollen so it's a chronic condition people probably 12 million canadians experience allergy symptoms and uh covid19 obviously is a, a new phenomenon and challenge in 2020 but some of the symptoms do overlap and people are concerned and, and try to differentiate between them. Um, allergies, uh, common allergies and COVID symptoms can include congestion, um, a loss of smell, especially at the start of the COVID piece of things, uh, runny nose and those kinds of things. Um, I guess we could focus on 
key differentiating indicators, allergies, two strong indicators that would suggest allergies. If you've had springtime allergies before and you're used to it being time to the release of the pollen from the trees, for example, um, and itch. If itch is a prominent component of your symptoms, that's uh, perhaps a sign of allergies versus COVID. Key symptoms of COVID that uh, are not necessarily linked or haven't been shown to be involved with COVID-19 include things like fever, which affects 44 to 98% of people with COVID symptoms, a cough that's usually dry, um, that affects 46 to 82% of COVID uh, people, and a shortness of breath at onset, which affects about a third of them. Um, now, the cough piece can be a little bit tricky because if you have bad enough congestion, you get what's called a post-nasal drip, and uh, that can cause a, a productive cough. And so you have to you have to kind of tease out whether the cough is dry or, or productive. And again, back to have you experienced seasonal allergies before. So when when people come in with some of these symptoms, when they come in to, to PharmaSave there, like what, what do you normally tell people? Do you kind of go through um, like a questionnaire with them? Do you immediately say, well, don't come in here, go get tested? What is sort of your message to people who maybe come in with some of these questions? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, obviously, you know, we want to make sure that they're safe and, and get managed and get the attention they require. We're also trying to protect other clients as well as the staff. So uh, we encourage people to um, be familiar with the key indicators of which differentiate between allergies and perhaps symptoms of COVID. So we we would strongly encourage people to go to our uh, pharmasafe.com website. There's a handy comparison chart on allergies and COVID-19 symptoms, as well as information and links uh, regarding COVID-19, including self-assessment tools and how to get your medications if you have symptoms or have been told to self-isolate. If people present to the store, one of the one of the key questions uh, around um, their symptoms and what they're experiencing is around the fever piece. If they're actively feverish, um, we would redirect them to call eight one one and uh, get set up for an appointment with the appropriate medical personnel right um now uh, have you had a, a lot of people i guess come in with with these concerns like you you've talked a little bit how you have had people come in but how common is it are you seeing a lot of people with with a lot of covid related questions on a daily basis uh initially we were flooded because there was, was and covid 19 still evolving we're still learning uh Yesterday, um, there's publications around people uh, that are asymptomatic, not experiencing any symptoms that have that have had and contracted COVID, and not mounting uh, a sustained antibody response. Um, so the information is changing daily. So we also encourage people to reach out to their pharmacies, pharmacists, come and see Cam and I. We're available to help with any concerns or questions, not only around COVID, but any of your conditions or needs. Um, we're here to help. We, we got flooded early on with a lot of concerns correctly and and information was changing recommendations from experts were changing as we were all learning and uh as as this pandemic was developing 
Um, it's it's still ongoing. Uh, there's a resurgence in many countries and many states, and uh, it's not gone away. It's not it's not as overwhelming as it was a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but it uh, as as things evolve and information changes to us and for us, um, there's still lots of great questions and concerns. Um, I know too, Kim, uh, just while I have you here, uh, when the pandemic kind of first hit, there was a lot of issues around people um, filling their prescriptions and trying to, you know, fill it out for their full 60-day timeline uh, if possible. Um, but there was some also some issues with that. I believe there was a limit put on there for a while of you could only get 30 days of your prescription because there was some concern about drug supply, given that so many people were trying to fill their supplies in case, you know, they were going to be stuck at home for any period of time. Um, have you seen, I guess, a drop-off in people maybe coming in to fill up in bulk? Has that sort of died down compared to how it was in the past? Another great question, Jeff. So at the beginning, you know, people were concerned and medications, uh, you know, for chronic conditions are are vital and people wanted access and, and wanted to ensure that their continuity of care was provided. We at PharmaSafe here never limited uh, regular prescription things. Things like inhalers, we would restrict people to a a single inhaler because we wanted to make sure we could look after everyone. Mm -hmm. And our our supply chain um, experienced challenges around some of the medications, but the ones, the chronic stuff for blood pressure and diabetes and things that weren't respiratory related, um, like inhalers, those we we provided the full ninety days throughout this. Okay, perfect. We, we we did we did try to make sure that we had an adequate stock and supply for anyone who required it for things that were limited in in their quantities, such as inhalers. Awesome. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have for you today here, Kim. Is there any other things that, uh, you know, you've noticed throughout COVID-19 that, you know, maybe you didn't see prior to this? Is there any, like, other issues that a pharmacy has had to deal with over these past three, four months that typically wouldn't come up on a normal day? I I think, as we're all aware, social distancing is very important but we can rename it and probably should to physical distancing so there's been some challenges there with people that are just we're um we are communal by nature and uh we like to be close to each other and uh there's been some challenges readjusting our behaviors around that um, but we've been able to adapt and accommodate and and i think as, as we go forward, we're all learning together and trying to support one another, and um, we'll continue to do so. Well, Kim, I think there's some valuable information there for people, especially people who do have, you know, maybe a, a quick allergy that maybe it's popped up. They're not used to, you know, seeing it on a necessarily an annual basis for whatever reason. And maybe they're all of a sudden think they have COVID-19, but maybe they need to take an extra step or an extra second to think and, and, and double check and take that questionnaire and, and make sure that they know what they have. But uh, yeah, I think this is good information. So thanks so much for the time here, Kim. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for the call, Jeff. You take care and have a great day. That is the co-owner of Orchard's Walk Pharmasave in Valview. He's also a pharmacist there as well, Kim Winters. And just to kind of go back, I mean, there is some some talk about sort of what 
people should look at, right? Is this allergies? Is this COVID-19? And of course, we're not dealing with this right now, but once we get around to September, October, and we start to see the flu bug pop back up, what's the difference there? Again, well, experts note that the flu, coronavirus, and allergies all do have different symptoms. The main symptom of COVID-19 is fever, tiredness, cough, and shortness of breath. Allergies have more chronic symptoms, which include sneezing, wheezing, and coughing, while the flu has symptoms similar to COVID-19, such as fever and body aches, but the flu usually does not cause shortness of breath. So there's a few things that you can kind of use as indicators in there to decide what you might have. But of course, stay home if you're sick in any way, shape, or form. And uh, if you are worried about it, give 811 a call and hopefully they can set something up for you and and be able to uh, figure out how to go about getting you a COVID-19 test because of course it is always better safe than sorry. All right, well, I'm going to take a one last break here. But when I come back, well, the province has made some announcements here this afternoon about visiting people in long-term care. Of course, this is an issue that has been talked about quite a bit over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've seen people kind of coming up with creative ways to visit their loved ones who are in long-term care homes, such as, you know, hanging out outside the window of their home and, and having a visit through that pane of glass. Or maybe even someone comes out on the balcony and you can sit your chair down and, and be able to yell at each other from a story or two away. We've seen some of these creative ways to do it. Not the best way, though, of course, to go about visiting your loved one. That is about to change here a little bit. We'll get into what the details of today's announcement was after this. So stick around and more Jeff Andrea show. We'll be back in just a bit. Your opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for being with me here on this Tuesday, the last day of the month of June. Hope you're all ready for a nice Canada Day tomorrow, although weather-wise, it doesn't look like it's going to be very cooperative here for us, but... Hopefully, we'll still get a chance to go out and enjoy some festivities, no matter what you may be doing tomorrow. Now, as I mentioned here earlier, BC Health Minister Adrian Dix and Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry are holding, or did hold, the news conference, excuse me, earlier this afternoon to talk about those in long-term care and opening up the ability for people to begin to visit their loved ones. Dr. Henry got things off by discussing just how difficult these past few months have been. As we all know, the COVID-19 pandemic has put us all to the test. And this has been particularly the case with our elders and seniors in care. Very early on in this pandemic, we learned that our seniors and elders were most at risk of serious illness and death from COVID-19. Understanding this, we had to move quickly and decisively to protect our most vulnerable citizens. So to slow the spread of the virus, we made those most difficult decisions to restrict visitors in long-term care and assisted living, as well as putting in the single-site restrictions right across the province. Yeah, and even though the province did put those measures in place as quickly as possible, it still really wasn't able to completely eradicate COVID-19 from long-term care. In fact, it really wasn't even close. And we know that the biggest issues when it comes to COVID-19 have been experienced in those long-term care homes. Despite our efforts... Families have lost mothers, fathers, grandparents, and every day this weighs heavily on us. I have spoken before about the the negative unintended consequences of COVID-19, the emotional and the mental costs, and I know that for many seniors and elders in long-term care, the impact of being separated from their loved ones has been immense. 
you have sacrificed more than many. So to put it lightly, it's been a rough few months here for those in long-term care. And of course, even more so probably for their loved ones who just want to pay them a visit, look them in the eye, tell them how much you care and love about them. There have been many dark and anxious days, but today is a brighter day for us all. Easing restrictions in Phase 2 and Phase 3 here in BC has been about finding the balance. The balance of continuing to protect British Columbians while lessening the negative impacts. And now the timing is right to do the same thing for our long-term care and assisted living facilities. Okay, so some really good news here, right, that this is going to be happening. Things are going to start opening up. They're going to allow people to start visiting their loved ones in long-term care. So what has changed that is allowing the province to make the move and start allowing these visits? It is the coming together of a number of different things that we've talked about in place uh, in the past. The resources that we have in place now, the fact that we do have access to uh, a supply of personal protective equipment, the number of new cases in our community is low. What this means is that visitors will now be allowed for long-term care and assisted living facilities. All right, so there's the good news right there. Visitors will now be allowed to attend those in long-term care homes and, and see their loved ones that they have been really kept away from for these last three-plus months. Now, when we talk about this, though, this isn't just a free-for-all. This isn't just, okay, now you can go visit whoever you want, whenever you want. Don't even worry about doing any, uh, you know, precautionary measures. No, there's obviously a lot of precautions that are going to be in place. There will be some rules that people will have to abide by. This is a bit of a longer clip here, but Dr. Henry goes over what some of those rules are that people will need to keep in mind before they go about having a visit with somebody in a long-term care home. To start... Residents will be able to have a single designated visitor in a designated visiting area in each facility. We are going to start slowly and as we expect things will progress well, we'll expand these activities as we have done with every other activity. And we will be monitoring this on an ongoing basis to ensure that we can expand access as soon as it's safe to do so. We have set province-wide requirements that outline how facilities can allow visitors in long-term care and seniors assisted living residents. And like many businesses that have reopened, these facilities will need to have plans and precautions in place. Visitation requirements for long-term care and uh, for seniors assisted living facilities include a number of things. One, that facility can't be in an outbreak right now and those uh, outbreaks are, are decreasing. We do have, unfortunately, five that continue, including um, some very serious ones that we know about. So visits in individual facilities will, will resume once each facility has developed the required written safety plan and has that in place and they're working even as we speak with our local MHOs to make sure those are in place. That will include designated staff who can screen everybody who comes in on entry and who can provide the guidance that's needed to ensure that visitors are able to do so safely. Residents will be able to have a single designated visitor in uh, the appropriate designated spaces and there'll be both indoor and outdoor spaces and in some cases in single rooms. Um, visitors must bring and appropriately wear a mask and they will be trained on how to do that um, after their screening on entry. Visits will also need to be booked in advance to ensure that 
the spaces are appropriate and that visitors can be spaced out through the day so that staff are able to manage as well. Okay, so there you go. She goes over some of what will be expected of those who go about visiting people in long-term care. So just to reiterate, facilities cannot be in an outbreak. The facility is in a current COVID-19 outbreak. There are five in the province right now, none in the interior, and uh, you will be able to, to visit those in long-term care as long as there is not a current outbreak at that facility. There must be designated screening staff, right? So someone has to be there to make sure that they're taking your temperature or whatever the rules will be in place uh, to make sure that you are safe and healthy before entering any facility. There will be indoor and outdoor spaces for meetings. Visitors must wear a mask and Dr. Henry said there will be people there to make sure you're wearing it properly and your visit. This is probably the biggest one. It must be booked in advance. You can't just go about uh, saying, I want to go for a visit here in the next hour and go about doing that. No, you will need to call in advance and let people know that you are planning to come and pay a visit to somebody at a long-term care facility. And of course, this isn't just all of a sudden happening here, right here, right now. No, there will be some time being allocated here to allow facilities to make their own specific plans. Dr. Henry was actually asked a little bit about this, you know, on length of visits or the number of times that people can visit per week. Well, Dr. Henry says the province is not imposing those limits. That will be up to each individual facility. She adds as well that there is some, a uh, little more freedom that will be coming to those residents who are in assisted care. Is that people in assisted living will be able to have more freedom to go about having their uh, visits outside uh, assisted living facilities, but will need to follow public health precautions in doing that. So there you go. A little bit more freedom for those in assisted living, which of course does make a lot of sense. And one more thing here just from Dr. Henry, and I know this will excite a lot of people because I've heard so much over the course of this pandemic just how much people wanted to get haircuts before, of course, uh, they were allowed to start opening things up. Well, now residents of long-term care might be able to get their ears trimmed or lowered as well. In addition, we will have uh, uh, personal service providers, including hairdressers and barbers, will be able to come into long-term care and, and see assisted living facilities but they will have to complete a, a, a plan a safety plan um, that's aligned with the work safe bc guidance so i'm sure there are a lot of people that are looking forward to having their hair done again as we heard so much about it her earlier in uh, in the month well now we can hear about it one more time that about wraps things up for me here today i want to thank all my guests for joining me of course a big thank you to all of you for listening and remember whether you join me here for a short while or a long while just know i enjoyed her time while it lasted have a great Canada Day tomorrow.